Hey, welcome to another episode on this podcast where mother and daughter are side by side discussing everything that's shaking and moving in Suffolk County, Long Island, right here from our beautiful town of Babylon. We are your hosts, Catherine, me, and Alexa, my daughter. This is her Community 2 podcast. Tonight, we have Dr. Gary Bodenberg, who is currently running for Comsiwag School Board. Let's get started. Okay, tonight we have someone really special. He's got a lot of people backing for him. Uh, he is running for a school board in Kamsawag. Did I say that right? You did, yes. <laughs> okay. So I know, uh, first of all, let's give a little bit of, uh, and we got my daughter, of course, Alexa, my co-host. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for having me this evening. I really appreciate the opportunity. Of oh, course. Of course. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so uh, let's, uh, I know you have a doctorate. So what did you prefer to be known as, as, as you are running for the school board? Well, I mean, my obviously my my formal title, if you want to you want to do that, is uh, you know Dr. Gary Bodenberg. But you know, when I'm when I'm speaking to people and and walking around the community and petitioning and campaigning, it's it's just Gary. You know, I, I want people to feel comfortable um, with me and getting to know me, and I think that that's really the most important thing right now. So you know, for those that are that are looking to you know, support me and want to come out and speak with me, it's, it's just Gary. Okay, that's great. And then, um, and that is important that you want to make a connection because when I found out you were a doctor, I thought that was a typo. And I texted uh, Tracy Alvino from the, uh, uh, the Patriots. Uh, she said that you got your doctorate, which is still, it, it's an impressive title. And I happened to got, get nervous, you know, I'm like, oh my God, this guy's a doctor? <laughs> you know, so I, <laughs> I had no idea like of what. I always tell people it's just one letter, you know, the, the M to the D, but it took me five, you know, five years of my life. So <laughs> I guess I, you know, I guess I earned it. Yes, you sure did. Yes. Okay. So you're running for school board. Correct. Okay. Um, and what exactly right now do you do for work? So, um, you know, first and foremost, I'm, I'm a father and a husband. That's my most important job. Uh, but I, I am a special education teacher and have been uh, for over 20 years. Um, I've been... Mm -hmm. You know, a teacher mentor, instructional um, mentor, as well as a technology mentor in my district. Uh, I did, like you said, have be I earned my doctorate back in 2016, and right now I work with all different levels uh, with within my department and within my building. Uh, currently, I'm I'm in the high school and I work with nine through twelve students, and it's um, it's incredibly rewarding. I actually just had an observation today. My principal had come in. And um, my, my students, I have to give a shout out to my, my seventh period class because they were absolutely amazing. And it was uh, every single reason that teachers become teachers was what happened in seventh period today. So I um, it was a great experience. And, um, you know, I right now that's that's what I'm doing. Uh, I've worked in agencies where I've worked with students with autism uh, mm -hmm. at varying levels, varying various ranges. Uh, and right now I'm really diving into to the Comstock community for the past couple of years. I've been very active uh, as a member uh, on committees, as well as the most recently the uh, reopening committee, which was a very big, big deal in our in our district, because obviously there's just been so many things going on with the pandemic. And it's mm -hmm. um, it's definitely something that I've been involved in and, and been very vocal with. So 
uh, I'm fortunate to, to have met a lot of great people along the way. That's so interesting. So I know Alexa and I, we do have some questions for you. Sure. So Alexa, darling, go ahead with your first question that you have for Dr. Gary. Okay. So what made you decide to run for the school board? So, I mean, great question. I, um, you know, when, when we first moved here, I, I became involved in the, in the board meetings and I always went and I wanted to be involved in the community. Uh, even when my daughter was not a school age, she was still in preschool and she was not involved in any of the elementary schools within the district. Uh, but when I went there and, and I saw what the district was, was doing and how um, they were really community oriented, which is the, the reason why we moved into this district in the first place. You know, I knew that I wanted to serve and I wanted to serve the community in a, in a larger capacity. So, you know, as the years went on uh, and my daughter has now uh, is now a second grader, uh, my wife and I, you know, we made the decision that, you know, it would be it would be a great thing to do at this point. My wife's also, you know, involved. She supports me in, in everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And it was important for me to take that next step. And want to really, you know, engage the community and, you know, provide support to all stakeholders within the district. But most importantly, to really enrich the lives and make the lives of each and every student just a little bit better. And, and that's what I'm hoping to do by by becoming a board member. That's that, that's amazing. Um, I love it. Thank you. As a student, I definitely appreciate it. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I mean, listen, it's, you know, we're, we're in the people business. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be engaging with people. We're supposed to be, you know, making students, you know, smile every day. It's, it's after these past couple of years, it's been so difficult for these young people uh, to just, you know, just literally survive, just come to school each day. You know, some of them weren't coming to school every day. We were doing hybrid models and, you know, the, the beginning of the pandemic was, was awful for, for students and we're, we're seeing the effects now. So, you know, with my with my experience and what I've seen over the years, I really, really think that I can make, uh, you know, amazing improvements and, and like I said, enrich the lives of these students. That's pretty good. Now, what exactly is your background? Like, what made you get into, because they always say teaching is a calling. Sure. And so what is your background to want to get into that? Uh, you know, my, my entire family um, is made up of police officers and teachers. And, um, you know, I'm the, I'm the youngest, uh, in my family and my sister was also a teacher and, you know, my, my sister was, you know, I, I always, you know, looked up to my sister. So, you know, I figured if, if she was going to be a teacher, I was going to be a teacher. Uh, but it wasn't until, um, one of my relatives uh, happened to be, uh, born with down syndrome. And I remember it was a little, it was a little shocking to my entire family. And at the time I was looking to get my certification in elementary ed, I really wanted to be an elementary school uh, teacher. But when I saw uh, what my my um, relatives were going through, and you know all of the the knowledge that they needed to learn and all the steps they needed to take, it it really it reinvigorated me to dive into the special ed aspect of education, and I fell in love with it. And I fell in love with the students, and it's just it's incredibly rewarding, whether it's incremental or whether it's just large giant leaps to see the improvement of these students uh, on a daily basis, to see them light up when they, when they get something right, or just like I said, to make those little improvements. It, it's really what um, it would, it's what drove me uh, even just in my student teaching experiences and what I've seen. And I really never looked back and it was something that I just um, I'm, I'm very proud to say that I, I have the ability to, to work with students uh, with special needs. And you know that's that's really um, 
That's really great because sometimes something happens in our lives that directs us into the right path and what we need to do in life to help others. Whether we know it at the time or not, it, it usually falls like that. So that is really interesting how that came about because that was what it, one of the questions I was going to ask what made you get into that. And so you, that was a great, uh, that was a great answer. Thank you, Dr. Gary. Let's have thing uh, to ask. Oh, yes. Um, why should people vote for you? So um, another great question. You know, I, I do believe that part of what we're doing here, um, running for Board of Ed or becoming Board of Ed trustees, is that it's, it's a very important to be able to support all stakeholders, all people in the community. And, you know, we, we've seen throughout, you know, the past couple of years that, you know, community supporting the schools is so important. We have to support our teachers. Our teachers have been, um, you know, really through some pretty incredible things and had to have done some pretty incredible things just to be able to um, to get get these students through what they needed to get through. You know, and, and you have administrators who've worked very hard. You have the secretaries, the custodians, the security. I mean, you have the really the what I call like just the the complete support system of our students, which is the PTAs. These PTAs have worked so hard to try to give our students you know, some type of experience over these past two days because of all, sorry, these past two years because of all the restrictions. So my job, I feel if, if I'm given the benefit of being elected is to provide all community members with an opportunity to be heard, an opportunity to reinvest in our community. And I'm hoping that they give me the opportunity to invest in me. And, you know, with that, you know, moving forward together is really what, what my, my motto is right now. I want, I want to be able to, to remove the divisiveness. Let's move forward. Let's do this together and let's make this community better than it's ever been and make people want to come here even more than they already do. You know, that's amazing because um, I served on the PTA board uh, for a few years. Do you remember that, Alexa? I do. <laughs> and I remember we would have the PTA meetings and I hardly, if, if I counted to 10, that's a lot the parents that showed up. Most of the parents did not show up. I don't know if they thought it just didn't do any good or I, I don't know the reasoning, but I got in, that's how I got my start in, uh, in anything was to be uh, involved in the school uh, with my daughter. So, okay, so my next question is, are there any policies that you know of that need to be changed? Well, you know, it's um, it's interesting because there's because of all the you know the surrounding politics that have been going on, you know, in these past you know even most recently the past few months and and the and the year and a half or so that has been going on with these restrictions and the masking, you know, I do believe that it's important for districts to stay centered around parent choice and parent voice. Because again, it's, it's, it's the crux of our, it's, it's the most important part of our community, our parents and their input. And, and I believe that board of eds need to adopt the policy of parental choice. And, and I think it should be a formal policy and it should be across the board. Uh, I, I'm not saying that, you know, every single pol every single, you know, step and move that we make as board of ed members, administrators, teachers need to be dictated by parents. That's not what I'm saying, but there are definitely things that parents should have a voice in and definitely should have a choice in. And that includes uh, what we've recently seen, which was the masking. 
I couldn't agree more. Um, I really do believe uh, the parents have a, a really big uh, say on the over their child, and and certainly a type of input. And with these restrictions, it just to me it went way overboard. It really did. So I don't know if it was just maybe maybe that people are afraid they don't want to say the wrong thing. Maybe they feel. You know, it's it's very, very difficult. Uh, Listen, it was scary. It was very it scary. scary. And, you know, when, when this all went down back in March of 2020, like we all we all thought, oh, great. Two weeks vacation. We'll be back. Nobody in their in their wildest dreams would have imagined what was about to, to happen. And, you know, we did the right thing in the beginning of, of making sure that people were safe and making sure that things were, you know, put put in place where everybody was able to make sure that they lived a high quality of life. As time went on, as things progressed, we learned more and we learned that certain things worked better than others and we needed to follow those policies and we needed to follow that guidance. And for some way or some reason, we started to meander down these roads that just weren't making any sense to, you know, community members, even, you know, to parents and obviously to, to all stakeholders, you know, within the district, parents, teachers, administrators, you know, everybody. So I think that uh, that's that's where we we kind of got lost here and it became political and and when it comes to school districts and, and kids like we can never p put children in the middle of adult disputes uh, and that's that's something that I will make sure um, doesn't happen we want to keep the kids out of it we want to make sure that our job is to be committed to the betterment of not only the community but to again improve the overall experience and quality uh, for students. And, and that's really has to be our, our center and focus. I, you know what, again, I couldn't agree more because I always tell my daughter that uh, high school is the best, is going to be the best time of your life outside of college. That's another whole different, the best time in your life. But high school is because you don't have any worries or stress of bills and making money or anything like that. You should be having the time of your life. It's true. And I tell her that all the time. I'm very flexible with Alexa. Um, she was uh, doing the uh, remote learning uh, in the beginning. I believe it was, Alexa, was it five days a week in the beginning? Um, in the beginning, it was full virtual five days a week. Um, Wednesdays, they did Google Meets for everyone. But then uh, around this time last year, they did it where everyone went back four days a week. Or you could remain hybrid or full full virtual. But then I went back four days a week. Wow. And what's interesting, Dr. Gary, is the shenanigans that came with that, right, Alexa? I love it. Uh, it I made me going back full time in school. It made me like really miss it. Like when I was virtual, you know, we still had some shenanigans here and then, but it made it really made me miss like public school, and I couldn't be more happier to be back. Yeah, it, it definitely, I think we saw that. And, and I had, I guess it was the, the, I had the benefit of doing both in, in, you know, in-person learning during this, this fiasco. And also I had the opportunity to do remote learning. So, you know, I, I was, I was spending six hours on uh, Saturdays and Sundays editing videos for my students. And I, you know, I was very fortunate where I teach in South Huntington, we had infrastructure set up that allowed me to go remote and go live with my students within weeks of school shutting down in 2020. Oh so I was going live with my students pretty frequently. Uh, and I was also able to, you know, once we came back uh, in that September and we were in a hybrid mode, 
I, I turned my office into like a production studio. I bought green screens. I bought up lighting. I, I mean, wow. I bought, I bought new computers, double screen computers. I did everything that I possibly could to make my lessons entertaining. So I was spending six hours on the weekends editing through like final cut pro, whatever, you know, I could, I could use to put forth these like highly like, well, I thought they were entertaining. I don't know if they did, but I mean, very entertaining videos with like special effects. I mean, like it was, it was crazy. It was very, very tough to maintain, but you know, I, I feel like I owed it to them because it was just, you know, they were going through so much, you know, I, I we were too as teachers, but again, we were doing this because that's why we're doing it. We're doing it for, for the students and to make their lives better. So it was, um, it was very, very difficult. Uh, and going I, back in person. I can't even imagine. Yeah. It, it was much better going back in person for sure. And Alexa, and I tell you, I have it rough. I just got tired of listening to Dr. Gary, listening to all what he does. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely do think, though, that your students definitely appreciate you because, you know, it was really tough, like, learning from home or even, like, you know, being on, on like, a Google Meet. Like, it was just so hard to learn because they would do it, like, okay, kids would go in Monday, Tuesday. We Well, our school was split up into two groups, maroon and gray, because those are school colors, so... You know, maroon kids would go on Monday, Tuesday, you know, we all meet on Wednesday for a Google Meet. And then, you know, the gray kids would go in Thursday, Friday, but we would learn the same stuff. So, you know, everything was really behind and confusing. So I definitely think that it might have been a pain in the neck then, like getting a green screen, double like computer stuff like that. But your students will definitely thank you in the future in the long run. I, I, I hope so. And I appreciate that. And, and uh, coming from, you know, a high school student, I, I do appreciate that. So, you know, again, I, I, I hope I did. Uh, I, I do think that, um, you know, there was a little bit of like this, um, you know, a, a lot of students were, were kind of like they had these blank looks on their faces because they, they just there was no participation. They were nobody was talking. It was very, very scary. It was scary. like that with my school, too. Um, when I first went back to school, I remember I this was like a new school because I came from middle school. So I was going to the high school and I remember I came into my homeroom class and it was silent. Like you could hear a pin drop and it was like that for like the whole day. Like no one talked because of like how weird it was. And I don't even want to know how it was like when school like first started and I was at home. Oh, it this was, yeah, it was awful. It really was awful. I felt so bad, you know, but uh, you know, we, we, we made it work and we did the best that we could with what we had. Um, and unfortunately there's a lot of districts that, don't have what other districts have. So everybody's experience was very, very different. Like you mentioned, you know, Monday, Tuesday, you know, maroon went Thursday, Friday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, the, you know, whatever the, uh, the gray went, we were alive every day, every day. Oh, wow. So the kids were either in the class and home. And then the next day they switched. So they were mm -hmm. rotating back and forth in person or at home, but the teachers were live every day. So we never, we never like had that where we're teaching the same thing, all, you know, twice a week. Like we were doing live feeds every day. Well, uh, one of the shenanigans that when it first started with this remote learning was certain kids um, that were not in the class would hijack the classroom. Oh, yes. Yeah. There. <laughs> yes. The Google Meet that we're jumping into Google Meets. Yep. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know what? It, look, I. I laugh at everything, but when she would tell me that, it just brought back memories of high school. And I said, "That's high school jinx. It's, it's a whole new level now. Now because it's remote learning, they're finding ways 
to get into a classroom instead of the old school ways where you're trying to find a way to get out of the class. Yeah, that's so true, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I was uh, working in the in inclusion section and, you know, I was the tech guy and, and my co-teacher um, was, was doing his thing as he, you know, he does an amazing job instructionally. And uh, we were, we would sign on to the Google meets and all of a sudden you'd see these random phone numbers pop up on the screen and here they come. And, you know, I was like, fast as a cat. Like I was quick as a cat with that mouse, like trying to get the, <laughs> click that X button or click that bot, you know, that block button to get them off before they started cursing their heads off. Um, oh, that happened during, it didn't happen to my me, but it happened to like my best friend's me. And it was just so funny. Like look back on it. it honestly. Yes. It, looking back. It's funny at the time we were all so stressed out. It wasn't very funny at the time. It wasn't funny at the time, but when you look back at it, it's, um, Alexa would tell me like, it, it, you know, all the time when it first began and I'm like, are you serious? Really? I yeah. think it's just kids being bored at home. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, listen, uh, some, you know, people were, kids were bored at home. Teachers were bored at home. Like it, it was, we were, we were in it together. That's for sure. We were definitely <laughs> in it together. That's, that's so true. Alexa, do you have any other uh, question? Yes, I do. So what does the school board, like what impact do they have on the school's performance overall? Uh, and when you That's say, a good question. Uh, yeah, it is actually an excellent question. When you say performance, what exactly do you mean? Um, um, like their education maybe? maybe? Yeah, like, education. So, yes. so, so Board of Ed, um, you know, essentially their job is to maintain fiscal responsibility to the community. But it's also to make sure that um, the proper, you know, employees, administration, teachers are in place to deliver, you know, high quality education to to all our students. Uh, but what we do have the opportunity to do is to get involved, to get more involved in exactly how, you know, we we implement certain, whether it's um, instructional strategies, whether it's even um, some of the access to materials, whether it's programs, technology, all of these things. Uh, even infrastructure, things that help, uh, you know, improve our overall buildings. These are the things that Board of Eds can do and Board of Ed members can do as as, as a team to just improve the overall experience. And, um, you know, it's it's also very important to, while looking at those types of things, we also have to look at, most importantly, the fiscal responsibility. Like, you know, we, we talk about shenanigans. Um, we, we don't want to become, uh, you know, a system where it's looked at as though we're like, doing some shenanigans with, with overestimating budgets and rolling things in. Like we need to be fiscally transparent. We mm -hmm. need to make sure that we're doing the right thing by our community members and our taxpayers. Because remember this, you know, there's not, everybody has children in school. People are living here. They're making a living. They're, they're trying to do the best that they can with what they have and they're paying school taxes. They're not utilizing the schools, but they are paying school taxes. So we have to make sure that we are fiscally transparent um, you know, we also have to make sure that we we are examining budget lines. We're making sure we deliver the best product that we can to our community, to our students, and also to make sure that we're maintaining that fiscal responsibility and to keep, you know, the bottom line um, is, is the best way we possibly can. That's a really good answer. Thank you so much. Oh, my um, pleasure. Great question, by the way. Alexi, yeah. your, your questions are fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> she makes a great co-host. She really does. Excellent. Thank you so much. My pleasure. So do you think in this day and age, uh, I'll give you an example. So back uh, many moons ago when I went to high school, I don't know how old you are, Dr. Gary, but when I went to high school, 
um, what the teacher said was law. You didn't dare mm. buck up against the teacher because if you did and your parents found out about it, it, it my mother never was on my side. As soon as the teacher <laughs> said something, it's like, oh, what did you do? What did you say? And she was, you know, and I'm like, ma, nothing. No, that's not true. So now it's always the kids are against the teachers and the parents, instead of siding with the teachers, they're siding with the kids, with the students. So, yeah. and the reason why I say that is because I don't know how it is in the high schools uh, where you're at, but, um, and Alexa knows that she can verify, she, she can uh, tell you the attire that the kids wear is hysterical. Mm. They are wearing pajamas and it's not bathrobes. Just- bathrobes, slippers, um, pretty risque uh, stuff. And um, I know that my one daughter, uh, she's uh, 29 now when she went to uh, high school here. Uh, when she came home from school, I thought she had changed into shorts and a t-shirt. But come find out, she wore that to school. And the shorts were, I calling them booty shorts is making it sound reserved. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. And she said she wore that to school. I couldn't believe not one teacher said anything to her at mm. the high school. I, I couldn't believe it. And so I know they do have policies in place, a dress code. But the, the thing I have is that why aren't they doing anything about it? There has to be a disruption into the quality of learning when someone's dressed up in about, you know, something way out of the ordinary. Sure. So I, I can give you, um, I, I could speak to, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 41 and, uh, I went to school in, you know, in the nineties, I went to high school in the nineties and, um, a funny story. I remember I was, a, I was a, a good student. I was a good kid. Like I didn't cause problems. I, I always did what the teacher said. I, I had a, a level of fear slash respect for my dad and the, the same respect for my mother. And I remember I had gotten into an argument with a teacher, my, one of my senior social studies teachers, uh, I didn't finish something. I didn't finish a test or whatever it was. So I asked if I could do it after school. He said, no, I have to come in during the, the region's testing week. And I said, no, I was working. And it ended up being an argument. And the students in the class were like shocked because I never opened my mouth. So he, I ended up calling my mom because I told my mom and dad everything. Nothing was a secret. So I called my mom at work and I said, you know, I just, I, I you know, I called her and she said, what's going on? What happened? And my mom has like, she's always nice, always has sunshines and rainbows, great personality. She was cold as ice. And I said, what's, what's the matter? I, she's like, what happened? I was like, well, what do you mean? What happened? She's like, your teacher just came to the bank and told me what happened. And I said, wait, what? So my teacher who knew my mom went to her job to tell her that him and I got into an argument and I was panicking. Because I knew like she didn't get the whole story. So I had to explain. I, I had like 30 seconds to explain or I was dead meat. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, it, it worked out. It, you know, it wasn't that I was being disrespectful. I was more concerned about trying to do everything. That was my personality. Um, but I was fearful that, oh my gosh, like I'm the hammer is going to be laid down when I get home. Like, forget it. You know, fast forward to now. Um, I I have to say, and it's not something that I'm, I'm not touting it. I... I'm really not. I've had my issues with students over the years. Very, very few parents I've had issues with um, in in relation to like 
not seeing eye to eye. It's very, very rarely happened to me. And I, and I, and I do have to say, I never really have issues with students. I don't have, I, I deal with a, a the special education population, but I, I develop a rapport with them super quick. And honestly, the way that I do that is I let them know first day, I respect all of you. Every one of you stepped out of your house and came to school. I know that you think that you have to, and, and that you're told that you have to, and, and you do. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're here. And while you're here, you and I, and all of us, we're a family. And the only way that we can get through this together is if we treat each other with respect, treat each other like family and have a lot of fun along the way. And I guarantee you, you'll be successful. I start that off every year and as you know, God is my witness. I never have any problems. I think that's like an amazing like motto to like go by because I find that like, if like I could like, if me and my teacher have like a good like relationship and stuff like that. And it's like, a level of communication with like the class and the teacher I find that I learn so much better in those type of environments and I think a lot of students do right it's a, it's a warm comfortable safe environment and I mean you know listen I as a kid I was always very mature you know I as a kindergartner if I didn't go to school in a three-piece suit I wouldn't go <laughs> so like and uh, that's a fact my mom has the pictures it's incredible I don't I don't even know what's wrong with me but <laughs> it was actually kind of funny uh but you know I I always like I always felt like adults talked down to me because I was considered a kid and I, and I didn't appreciate it because I felt like I'm giving you respect. I would just appreciate that respect back. So knowing that I, you know, I go into you know my classroom with that, like, listen, I, I respect you. Like technically you know, maybe, maybe you are, your thought process is that, you know, well, you know, adults don't have to respect me because I'm a kid and you know, they don't respect me, but that's not the case. Cause if they don't hear it, they're not going to believe it. So I tell them right off the bat, like, this is, this is a safe, the safe environment for you. We're family here. Like, let's do this together. I want you to be able to talk to me. I want you to be able to learn, ask questions. If you're not asking questions, I'm going to think something's wrong. So, you know, and that's the way that I've always done it. And it, it truly, truly works. And, you know, some people can maybe say that and maybe their personalities maybe say something different, but when my students are in my class, they're, they believe it. And, and I, and I, I'm, I work very hard to make sure that they do believe it. And I'm going to take that philosophy and I'm going to bring it to the board of education. And I'm going to you know, let people see that side of me. Like I want people to know that, you know, when I work with a group of people or if I working, if I'm working for a community or I'm working for my students and, and, you know, my administrators and my teachers, I'm going to treat them as though they're my extended family. And, and they need to know that because I want them to, to feel safe and comfortable and be able to come to me and talk to me and, email me without thinking, Oh my God, it's a board member. He's, he's walking through the hallways. What's he going to say? What's he going to do? No way. Like, that's not, that is not what I want to do. I want them to say, Oh my God, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's Gary, Gary, come on in, you know, come into the class. I want to show you something like, that's what I want. That's, that's always what I've wanted. That's the way I want it to be treated. And that's how I plan on treating everybody. It's, it's very important because I know uh, with Alexa, the, what the relationship she has with her dad and me, we, we do try to uh, show her a lot of respect and participate in decision-making. And it's incredible how she has developed into a certain maturity level. Am I right, Lexa? I agree. Yeah. She, and it's, it's very interesting. And I know that she has developed really good uh, a relationship with her teacher. Some of her teachers, she absolutely just, loves i don't think i've ever heard her say really anything bad about a, a, a teacher because the teacher just puts in so much you know into a child's life that's that true. Just, 
it's it's absolutely vital to have that great communicate open communication. My parents always said to me too, like they'll 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 give me the inch, like they'll give me the trust, but the moment I break it, that's it. So I had to I had to keep it. You know, it wasn't that I, I earned it, but I had to keep it. Keeping it was the, was the hard part. And that's what, you know, I think being, you know, being a good parent, being a good role model is all about. Like you have to be able to allow your child, your students to make mistakes. It's important because that's how you learn. But if you don't learn, then we got to change that. We got to change it. We got to figure something else out because then you're not, you're not learning and we got to, we have to move forward with that. And um, exactly. And I'm glad you said that because I tell her that, or I tell Lexi, I always tell you, the only way you're going to learn is if you make your decisions and make a mistake. And I've made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit I've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, oh, and I do want to go back to, uh, before I forget, I, you did ask about the dress code uh, and how to address that. So uh, it is a problem uh, and there's really no way to sugarcoat it. It is a problem. Um, and it's something that, yes, it is a policy. It's usually in, you know, written in some type of board of ed policy. It's even um, by school, the schools mm -hmm. write the policy as well. Um, but what we're, what we're seeing is, is that there's, there's, there's fear of retribution. And the fear is if you say something about the way somebody's dressed, you're immediately body shaming them. Um, yeah. You're looking at them inappropriately. Uh, all of these different things that will then, you know, all of a sudden blow up uh, to something that it should never been, which is why, you know, it's very difficult for, for men, male teachers or administrators to say something to females because there's, there's a fear there. And that's, that is the honest truth. There's fear. Um, so, I think really what needs to happen is it, it needs to continually be reinforced. The policy needs to be seen. Uh, if in fact there is an issue, um, parents need to be notified because there's a possibility the parents don't know. I mean, how many you know what? That is a huge possibility because I know for a fact, my mother did not know I was packing makeup in my bag and I would put it on in high school. And then before I left, I took it off. And what other, she didn't know. And so, uh, yes. So a lot of times the parents, uh, they don't know. They have no clue what's going on. Now I did want to, I hadn't planned on asking you this. And if you don't feel comfortable ask, uh, answering it, uh, I totally understand now, uh, in California, Southern California, where I, uh, was born and raised, uh, towards the end of like, say, uh, the late eighties, the public schools were turning to uniform um, mm. because there was just so much going on between the haves and the have-nots. Uh, the girls were dressing racy. And then, uh, of course, uh, the gang members were coming more forward and the kids wanted to emulate that and dress like that. So is that something that you think Long Island might do? Or, or have you ever heard of anything like that? Because I know... Um, like for myself, I wore uh, a uniform uh, in school and I, I had no issues with getting ready for school. I already knew what I was going to wear and how I was going to wear it because there's no, you know, uh, you can't change it up. Right. You know, so, I mean, what is your personal uh, stake on that? And not like for the school board or anything like, but you as a parent. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I do, I, I do see the benefits of, of being in uniform, like you mentioned, there's, you know, there's people that don't have the ability to, you know, go out and buy those expensive sneakers or expensive clothing. And, and I see that. Um, and it's something that I, I could be a benefit. Um, I, I do believe 
that a lot of young people, they, they express themselves through their clothing. Now there's, there's a limit and there's a line, right? So we can't, we can't allow students, young people to dress provocatively inappropriately for a public school setting. Right. So it's, it's just like when you go into a bar, uh, when I used to work, work in, um, I, I was a bouncer and a DJ in, in bars. If a guy would walk in with a tank top, we couldn't let him in because sleeveless shirts were a sign of aggression. Yeah. So you actually had to give them a t-shirt or you had to ask them to leave. So we're doing it in the private sector. So in the public sector, it's, it's very important to, to be able to have some level of control on that. So, but again, I do believe that, you know, there's a certain level of expression that kids uh, like to have with their clothing. I am finding that, especially in high school, the shift has been, and, and I can speak to when I went to high school, many, many, you know, girls and guys were dressing like not to the, to the nines, but like they were, they were dressing well, like they were put together. Right. Uh, now I, what I'm seeing is, is a lot of students come into school every day with sweatpants and sweatpants and sweatshirts. Yes. It, I call it the roll out of bed look. Yeah. It's hundred percent. And it's, I mean, I, you know, it depends on how you look at it. Like maybe that's a good thing. Maybe they're not, they're not so like um, focused on their clothing. They're just focused on getting to school and getting the experience and mingling with their friends and getting, and getting what they need instructionally. Uh, so in that case, if they had to put on a, a skirt or uh, you know, with, with leggings or a blouse or, you know, khakis and, you know, a collared shirt with a tie, it, it, it would almost feel a little restrictive. So it's a, it's a very, it's a very fine line. Uh, it's almost like the discussion of like, you know, Long Island should become its own state. It happens every 20 years. We talk about it. Um, and the same thing with Southern California. It's, it's, we needed, it was always a North and South. Um, I know with the dress code, with the uniforms, I know it, for me myself, it did teach me uh, discipline and it, because you're not focused on that, but it, you have to prepare your uniform to wear the next day. And I know um, some kids, uh, they did like it. Well, to be honest, they, they had no choice. You know, if they went to that school, you, you had to wear this and you have to wear that. And of course, there's always those students who would like flip the collar up a little bit to be different or um, they tried to, uh, you know, try different things. Uh, they would, the guys used to wear a, a bandana and tie it around their thigh just to look different. Of course, everybody got caught. Right. Um, so that was my take on uh, just wanted to, to get your opinion. Yeah, it's an interesting, honestly, it's an, in, it's an interesting topic. Um, you know, it, it also then becomes who's responsible to buy the uniforms. If the school's making you do it, the school has to purchase them. Well, I, normally I would agree, but everybody has to buy school clothes anyways. So instead of buying the school clothes, it's actually cheaper because you're only going to buy like maybe two you know, two pairs of pants or two skirts. I, I know uh, we did. The only thing my mother would buy in excess is uh, stockings. Was it a public school or was it like a private Catholic parochial school? Yeah, it was a parochial school. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's the difference in, in public schools. Um, if you're telling a student they must wear a certain article of clothing, I'm fairly certain they have to provide it. So that's, that's the, the catch 22 with instituting uniforms in schools. Um, you know, it's the same thing with sports. Like if you're offering sports and you're offering, you know, 
students ought to play on the football team, you technically have to provide them with the uniform and the pads and the pants and the shoulder pad. Like you have to provide that. It's, it can't be an expectation that you have to purchase that. Now, oh, and things have changed because I, when I was in cheer, my, we had to buy everything. Yeah. That, so it, it depends on like what the, and sometimes the teams decide to do uh, their own thing. You know, sometimes all the teams decide to buy their own, you know, sneakers and they all get matching sneakers. Um, you know, it really depends sometimes. It really does. It, it goes by schools. Sometimes it goes by schools with, with like sports and stuff. So um, it, it's a very, like I said, it's a very difficult thing to, to hammer down because, you know, we're seeing this just with every policy across the Island. Every school is really very different uh, yeah, in, in their policies. Yes. So it's tough. It's, it's a really tough call, you know, cause then you're like, well, you know um, I don't know. I'm just, you know, this district, you know, district X is doing uniforms and district Y is three miles down the road and they don't have uniforms. Why do we have uniforms? So it's, you know, you're always going to run into that in public schools. It's, it's like a, you know, it's that game that you can never get rid of. And, and it's always good to keep that communication open. And certainly it's a great topic for discussion uh, for that, uh, to keep that conversation open. And, and I'm, I love your outlook and your answer with that. That, that really is pretty, uh, it's pretty good. Thank you. I really like that as a parent. Alexa, you. did you have any, uh, any other questions? Um, I do. Yes. So I love your questions. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I actually have two more, and this is what I just came up with. But the first one I wanted to ask is, what does an effective school board look like? Um, that's another great question. Yeah, really. Oh <laughs> uh, man, that's great. So you know, I think that an effective school board, um, a highly effective school board, is a school board that clearly and effectively communicates with all all members, all constituents, all stakeholders. Uh, and does not chastise any community members or stakeholders for asking questions. And, and what that, what that means is, you know, there's a lot of people with a lot of different opinions and there has to be an avenue for people to go to, to speak and be, and feel like they're being heard. And we all as board members have to be on the same page that that is our role. Our role is to listen, to be effective communicators, and to also be able to, you know, solve problems. And we need to be that listening ear. Uh, but I do believe that another part of it is we have to work as a team. And we all can't be yes men. We all can't agree all the time. But there definitely has to be a mutual respect where you can work together. You can agree to disagree. But the end product, the goal is to make sure that we're improving the overall experience and quality of education for all students from, you know, kindergarten to, you know, if your universal pre-K is run by your district to our seniors or APs. And that also includes our special ed students. You know, we have to be able to provide services for these students so they have the ability to succeed as well. So there's a, there's a lot of different things that go into it, but again, those are really the most, the most important things. And it sounds so simple, but it, it, it can be very complex because you're dealing with so many different personalities. Exactly. I, I really like that answer. I, I really do. That That's really good and honest. And it sounds very um, not out, far out of reach to accomplish. So, I, I, Lexi, you said you had another question? Yes. Um, oh, wait, I'm trying to remember. Um, do you think that the school board has an effect on the student graduation rate or dropout rate 
Um, does the school board have an effect on dropout or graduation rates? So, you know, I really do believe that when you look at the overall, um, you know, institution of, of public education and the different uh, and the different high schools, I really do believe that the board of education is there to put the best people in positions to provide our students with every opportunity to succeed. So, you know, it's, you know, we're charged with making sure that um, we're giving tenure to the right people or hiring the right people and that we're putting um, administrators in leadership positions where they can do just that lead. And through their guidance, through the hard work of the teachers and all our support staff, our secretaries, our custodians, our, um, our paraprofessionals, our teacher assistants, you know, all of these different stakeholders, they really have, they have a piece in it, right? Because there may be a student that doesn't relate to anybody, but a security guard. Uh, there may not be any student that relates to their teacher, but they relate to the secretary in the main office because they get their ID, you know, every day because they keep losing it and they've developed a rapport. And maybe that student goes to school just to see that secretary. So we have to put the right people in the right places to make sure that these students feel as though they have a place to come that's safe and that people that are surrounding them want them to succeed. And, and that's, that, that's, that's the climate that you want to create. You want to create that nurturing, caring environment that everyone's you know, treating each other with kindness. And we all want to see ourselves and our students succeed. Uh, and that, and that, takes, that takes a village. And it starts, you know, it does start with, with, um, you know, it can start with in a lot of different areas. But in fact, the board of ed are, are the people that are approving these positions and these people in positions. So we have to make sure that we're doing the the right recruitment process, the right vetting process, uh, and we have to make sure that we're putting forth the best people to to help our kids. And and I think that to answer your question, that long winded response, I do believe that the board of ed has. Uh, has a part in that. Um, and once those people are put in place, you know, you're going to have uh, improve, you're going to have overall improvement in, you know, dropout rates and graduation rates. And I, and I think that that's, that's what we're looking for. We, we want that. I love that answer. Thank you. That's, that's, yeah, that's really good. Because yeah, it, it, there's so many factors that go into a, a child um, have a successful uh, time going towards graduation. So yes, and I, I agree with that. And it's very important to keep that communication on because we don't know what that child has going on at home to not perform as well as the next student. And so it's great that you include everyone from the janitor, uh, from the teacher, the women in the office. Um, I, I gotta tell you in high school, uh, I looked up to a lady that she was a lunchroom lady and some of the students that went to that school got free tuition and um, they just came from a different background. And I'll never forget this one girl. She just, it's, she just didn't, they didn't have the funds or whatever to buy as much food or whatever. So she got her free lunch. And I remember this lunch lady, I guess she knew at the end, I found out she did know, but in the beginning she would always give the girl something to take home, like an apple um, something extra to take home, an extra milk and stuff. And so I didn't find out till I became friends with this girl. She felt comfortable and she told me. And I just thought that was just the lunch lady. That was just the nicest. She didn't have to do that. Right. You know, and, and here it is 35 years later. I still remember that lunch lady, you know, doing that, being kind and showing compassion. So 
it is all the people in the, in involved in the school that works for the school. You're absolutely right, Dr. Gary. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it sounds like you would be a, a really asset to Comptoward. I really thank agree. you. I appreciate so, that. Do you have? Are you guys having a uh, a primary, or how does that work for the school board? So um, my, uh, we're actually having a fundraising event on uh, March 24th at the bench in Stony Brook, and that's from 5 to 7 p.m. And uh, it's really a meet and greet for people to come and, um, you know, to, to get a drink, to get some appetizers, and to have some good conversation. So we're doing that on March 24th, um, which is next week, actually, a week from today. I know. Uh, from five to seven. So it's coming up quick. So we're excited about that. And, um, you know, as far as there's, there's no primary. So right now, um, you know, I've went out and I started petitioning for people to, uh, sign my petition so I could get on the ballot, which uh, I've done. I, I have my signatures that I need. Uh, and you know, I, the best part is that I get to meet all, all these people that I've never had the opportunity to meet before. So that's kind of a fun thing for me. Uh, and I do enjoy that. And, um, so basically what'll happen is, is once I get on the ballot, they'll have the vote with not only the budget, but they'll have the Board of Ed trustee vote as well on May 17th. And once they do that, there are um, two people that are currently on the board and there's myself that's running uh, alongside of them. So um, when it comes down to it, uh, the, t the two people that get the most votes are the ones that take the seats. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're confident that, you know, with, uh, with my level of, of involvement and, my commitment to the district and my the commitment to the students, I, I really feel that um, we have a really good shot at, at um, making some great, uh, you know, enriching, enriching the opportunities for all students. Well, you know what? I, I, I can hear in your voice and in the conversation, Alexa, you might want to agree with me. He sounds very passionate and believes in everything he has. Said. I do agree. Yes, he does. And I, I agree with you with the petitioning. I've been petitioning myself and it's actually fun to knock on the door, ask for a signature, and engage with a constituent. 100%. Because you're getting feedback on what they want, what they need, what they want to see to happen, and what they hope for. So it puts you down in the trenches to get involved with the community and, and see what you can do. And you do sound like you really, really, do, without going overboard, you do. You just sound so passionate, especially when you speak about your students. Well, my, my wife is going to be very proud of me when you when she hears this because I, I definitely, my, my passion sometimes comes across as intense and I, I have to work on that. So, so the fact that you just said that I'm not over the top and I, and I sound passionate, she'll, you know, she'll be very, no, very happy. I've seen you, you at the meetings. You're just, you're very low key. Uh, very unassuming and extremely approachable. So, you know, you don't put off a vibe that, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm a candidate, you know, I'm untouchable and I'm this, I'm that. No, you are really a, an approachable person. And um, so I think you're going to do very well. And I really hope for the best. So, again, and so you're going to find out the voting is what, May 17th? Yeah, so we have a few months until the vote takes place, and we'll find out, you know, obviously that night once all the ballots are counted and all the votes are in. Uh, so, you know, when, um, you know, and I, I appreciate that, uh, that you know, that comment. Like I said, I, I do work hard to to try to make myself available and, and be approachable. Like, I, I do really enjoy interacting with people, um, and it's it's just it's something that I've always been passionate about. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I get that opportunity to serve in a larger capacity. And I think you will. I think you're going to make it. Uh, I, I really do. And we, I, that date did sound familiar. That's something that uh, 
that we're going to be attending next week. So we'll, we'll see you and, um, and certainly uh, promote you. Uh, definitely. I think you're just a great teacher and person in education. Alexa, your opinion? Um, I think you're doing really well. And I think that you're definitely the right person to put on the school board. Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies. I really do appreciate that. Well, thank uh, you, Gary. So this is for Comsawag for um, the school board. So I, I hope um, everybody puts out the effort and to get out there and to vote. We need someone like you, although Alexa and I are not in that community, but we're in part of the surrounding community. And so students who have Dr. Gary as their teacher will grow up. And you will have an impact on their life and the choices that they make when they start going into life and joining the community. So I thank you as a community-minded person that the people that, the kids that you have. So I can definitely tell that you make that, in, uh, that great uh, effort to be an astounding teacher and hopefully an amazing administrator to help coordinate and, and and help support these students and the teachers and everyone that puts in to the school. So the students can just shine when they are ready to go and fly out there into the world. So with thank that, you very much. Anything else? I'm sorry. I said, Dr. Gary, anything else before we close? Oh, no, I, I just, again, I, I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super humbled with the opportunity uh, that you ladies had me on. I, it's a, uh, I'm very grateful at, at any chance that I get to, to speak about, you know, the things that, you know, that I love and the things that um, are important. So, you know, and that's obviously, you know, friends, family, community, and, um, you know, and, and my students. So it's, it's, I, I'm just very, very grateful. So I, I thank you very much. And so with me, uh, Catherine and Alexa, we do ask uh, for you guys uh, for your vote for Dr. Gary. We think he's the right person to help your students shine and be successful in life. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Gary. Thank Alexa, you. Have a good night. Good night. Good night. And that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Her Community 2 podcast. Check out Dr. Gary Bodenberg at his meet and greet fundraiser happening at the Bench Barn Grill, 1095 on 25A Stony Brook 11790. For $25, you get a drink ticket plus appetizers and meet the candidate, Gary Bodenberg. And remember that on May 17th, vote for him for Comstowog School Board. Thanks, everyone.